The Doughboys keep the hits coming with a couple of well-known TV-related chains. It's episode 122, El Pollo Loco with Lamar Woods, and the live episode 123, Guy's American Kitchen with Christine Nangle. Welcome to Faux Boys, the podcast about Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants. We are the Doughboys Boys. I'm Aaron Staley. And I'm Rob Hansen. How you doing, Rob? Uh, I'm not, not too bad. Uh, I haven't talked to you in a little while. I missed out last week. I know, it has been a while. You weren't on the last episode. This week, you're the only one on the episode. Well, you're here too. That's true. The only one other than me. I think I've never missed an episode. I don't know what we would do without you, to be honest. probably not a podcast we'll have to figure it out someday yeah i know (laughs) there will come a day i'm gonna miss an episode uh yeah brian and uh brendan are not here today um just so so you're not too confused our loyal listeners um brendan might be dead and brendan may be dead he went to sleep at 6 30 tonight yes a little bit ago yeah that's astonishing. And Brian just has better things to do. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of better things to do. It's not hard. It's true. To have a better thing to do. Um, why don't I do a little Nintendo update? Oh, ha- yes, please. I was actually going to ask you about it. Yeah, so uh, I just bought the game uh, Golf Story for my Switch. Yes. And it's so good. It's really, really good. I was really worried about this game when I bought it. Like, I bought it and played it for five minutes and then, like, went to dinner. And I was like, I can't believe I just, like, impulse bought another, like, stupid indie game that's going to be bad. And then (laughs) I came back and I spent, like, two hours in it. And I was, like, so hooked. It's, like, so, so, so good. Yeah, definitely. So It definitely seems like I've noticed because there's not that much going on in the Switch that anything that comes out is kind of an exciting thing that people jump on. But a lot of stuff's actually been pretty neat. And this uh, golf story looks, looks real cool to me. Yeah, this is definitely one of them for me. It's like a, it's like an overhead like Game Boy Color style game where you uh, walk around like an overworld, kind of like Pokemon or Zelda or something. You like walk around an overworld, but you're also playing golf. Uh, like it's this golf based world where you're you're just live in a bunch of different like golf courses. It's super funny. Um, it's also like weirdly immersive for a game like this where like there's no cutaway or like different graphics when you're like in golf mode. Like, if you're walking around the overworld, you can literally hit Y to tee up anywhere. Oh, that's awesome. And just, like, interact with the world. And then there's also, like, golf games where it, like, takes you from hole to hole, too. But those are, like, not the main substance of the game. I don't know. It's pretty cool. It's very fun for all our Nintendo fan uh, listeners. If you listen to Doughboys, you're probably a Nintendo fan, right? Probably. Or do you think there's people who hate their Nintendo talk as Um, much as, like, we all hate their sports talk? You know what? There probably is. I mean, I... Yeah. I feel like uh, even even one of the four of us on this podcast uh, has just no desire or interest in it. So I'm sure there's yeah. plenty of people out there. That's true. Thank God, that sports well, talk. That sports talk is interminable <laughs> if you don't get it. I don't know. And I'm used to listening to sport. Like I've listened to bad, like sports talk that I don't care about my whole life, and theirs is particularly like specific. Yeah. You know, I, they get really into it. Yeah, and I've mentioned it before. I don't remember if it was on here or not, but, you know, I I used to track multiple sports very closely and be very 
interested in it, but you, you leave them for a few years and you just, at least for me, I just lost it. <laughs> right. Well, it's also, I'm sure there's like a huge amount of turnover with like active players and like you also just like stop care. I mean, it's like to bring the metaphor to video games. It's like if you stop playing an RPG for like a couple weeks and then try to come back to it, like you don't care anymore. Because you're just like not bought into the storyline anymore. Yeah. I mean, at least for me. That's why I never stop playing. <laughs> Until I'm Yeah. Done. I mean, that's the that's the strategy. That's what I should do. I've actually like this week been like running around a lot and haven't gotten to play Golf Story since I bought it this weekend. And I'm already like, all right, I have to play this for like half an hour a day. Any day that I can minimum because I like I'll lose it otherwise. And I really am enjoying this game and I don't want to lose like my my caring about it you know what i mean yeah now do you take your switch around with you a lot or do you mostly just play at home i mostly played at home i honestly i love that it's portable because i can like play it laying in bed when i want to yes like that's the main thing i love about it like i usually i keep it in like a dock by my tv but i'll like play it laying in bed just if it's like a really late night and i just want to play for like half an hour before i go to sleep yeah um i took it around like on the train when i first got it for like a couple weeks but uh, my train ride is so short that I only get like five minutes of playtime doing that. Right. Yeah, I, 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 spend, I, actually, I spend no time on public transit, so I feel like I'll never really utilize the to-go feature. But I would just, yeah, be in bed with it all the time. Yeah, if I was one of those people that like took an hour train ride each way or something, like it would be my entire life. I would just play Switch all the time. Or I would like work on the train. I don't know why more people don't do that. If you have an hour train ride each way, can't you just like do Zoom work on the train? I would think so. I'd be doing something. It probably depends on your job. But, like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, train two hours each way and do nothing and then stay at the office for eight hours. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's fun that it's portable, but, like, I don't, like, need it to be. I've taken it on vacation. That's really fun. Uh, me and my girlfriend, I, like, go away for a weekend and then we can, like, play Mario Kart. You know, I mean, vacations, like, you, you have to, like, sit and relax for some of that time, too. Oh, totally. You can't just be, like, out and about. Um, so as someone who like doesn't watch TV, it's perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. I don't know. I like it a lot. I just, I mean, it's just so perfect. Like it just works so well. I actually wanted to take it to Ikea last night cause I was going to the returns section and even then it, I was quick enough that I, I only would, I forgot to bring it, but I only would have had like five minutes to play it yeah. and you have to play with the volume off and you can't like focus if you're doing something else. Well, then you just find one of those little, uh, cozy living room areas in ikea and pop, pop a spot for a while <laughs> that's perfect if you need a break from like maneuvering through the store you can bring the dock and see how it'll look next to different tvs <laughs> next to different like fake tvs that don't work that's a uh, that's hilarious <laughs> ikea i went to ikea I actually ate at ikea um fast food news yep. um they now have uh chicken meatballs whereas Ooh. they used to just have beef and veggie options I didn't even know they had veggie uh, options. That's neat. Yeah, I haven't tried the veggie option because, like, if I'm having the meatballs, I'm going to have the meatballs. You right. know, I tend not to like like a veggie, a veggie ball too much. Uh, but I'm trying to eat less beef, and they had these chicken balls, so I gave them a try, and they were actually pretty good. I mean, they were basically exactly what you would expect and exactly yeah. what you would want them to be. I um, I still have not eaten at an IKEA. I need to do that someday. It's totally worth it. Here's the other trick with Ikea. I had always gone on weekends before. I went last night, Monday night, and it was empty. (laughs) It was absolutely empty. I have a picture of the checkout line at this Ikea. I'll put up with the episode. Um, But it was 
literally like you can't even believe like there's not a person visible in this picture <laughs> i love it it was like that's how i want to spend yeah. my time in an ikea i know and so then you're not so stressed that you can't like take five minutes to go eat at the restaurant Dang. i don't know because i've uh, the, I, it took me a long time to try eating at ikea because i was always like i have i have to buy my life here and there's a thousand <laughs> other people doing the same thing i can't like stop for lunch and like focus on this like meatballs but sometimes you just I don't know. take it's a good break. food exactly should we jump into the first episode absolutely so this was el pollo loco with lamar woods uh are you familiar with either of these things <laughs> you mean the restaurant or the guest I- either one um mm, <laughs> uh not i mean i'm i'm familiar with el pollo loco on paper and restaurants like that, and I love them, but I've never been to an El Pollo Loco. And Lamar yeah. Woods I was not familiar with before this episode, but I loved him as a guest. Yeah, he was an amazing guest. I loved his chemistry. It was like a nice uh it was like a nice like change after Kyle Mooney like kind of felt awkward on Mike, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he was very uh, yeah, I grew up what's that? I was just saying, he was very cool on Mike, which uh which Mitch kept mentioning, or at least a few times. <laughs> well, it's it's funny. Later you find out he's a rapper. Like, yeah. You know, of course he's going to know how to sound cool while talking into a microphone. Um, uh, yeah, I grew up in San Diego where there's like a thousand El Pollo Loco restaurants. But uh, that was when I kept kosher. So I never, I have never been to one. I have never been inside one. Wow. Um, and it's one of those places that like, like, when I when I started going back to California, when I wasn't keeping kosher anymore, like of course I went to In and Out, like yeah. right away. Um, but there's no other California chain that I've really like made an effort to go to. But El Pollo Loco is really high on my list. Yeah, El Pollo I, Loco and Carl's Jr. Yeah, if both, I go like, if I go back, I definitely am going to hit up El Pollo Loco. Yeah, I mean, there's one like I used to walk past one every Saturday on the way to synagogue. Like. Because we had to walk, because you can't drive. At least yeah. my family didn't drive, and so and it's just like right there on the left, and so you're just meandering down this busy street, watching this chicken restaurant. What's going on in there? <laughs> is it is the food is the food in there good? I'm kind of hungry. Lots of walking this morning. <laughs> um, and I have to say, even after listening to this episode, I don't have like a great sense of like what kind of food they serve there. I guess it's just a chicken restaurant. Yeah, it's- like a. Uh, south american style chicken restaurant yeah south american chicken uh it it seems like they they do the whole tortillas salsa rice beans thing i i think yeah uh but (laughs) at least that's i there's a there's a restaurant in chicago that's very similar on paper that i go to every once in a while when i'm around Uh that a certain neighborhood and i assume that el pollo loco is like a chainy version of that one and i'm drawing a blank on its name but it's Essentially the same, you know, giant grill covered in chicken. Yeah. Uh, and and that's really all I ever get. I get a half chicken and I'm good to go. Well, around here we have a lot of like Peruvian chicken restaurants and like food trucks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty good. Like it always smells amazing, but I'm like just not a big like chicken on the bone guy. So I don't end up getting the, the Peruvian chicken per se. But it's funny because the sides at those Peruvian chicken restaurants are distinctly different from that like rice and beans and tortilla and... yeah you know, salsa combination that you get at like Mexican restaurants. Um, but the chicken is exceedingly good. I'll tell you that. They also, um, they seem to talk in this episode a lot about 
Mexican food, which made me think that, and then also the menu at El Pollo Loco was larger than it probably needs to be. So maybe they also yeah. have other Mexican food on there. They talked about tacos, burritos, and nachos. Yeah, that seems excessive. And I, it's almost like, uh, what was the chain that they covered with Spencer Crittenden? Oh, gosh. Uh, Jack in the Box, where they just do everything? Yeah, Jack in the Box. Another, Yeah, they just do literally everything. It almost sounded like a slightly less intense version of that, yeah. where it's just a whole bunch of stuff, except maybe just quarantined to the Mexican food quadrant a little bit. Right. And they, I remember they talked about uh, getting nachos for one. Uh, and, and I guess, <laughs> would you get nachos for one if you were going out to a restaurant by yourself? So I'm trying to think, you know, I've eaten some weird foods for one when I was traveling for work because you just get so sick of like a burger and fries and you just need any variety in your diet at all. So there's a good chance I've gotten nachos for one. And it's always, always, always going to be too much food. Yeah. It's always a disaster. And it's all... Uh, yeah, I mean, once you start eating... I mean, like, once you eat alone enough, like, you stop feeling weird about it, or at least that was my experience. Like, I have no qualms at all about going into a restaurant and having dinner by myself. Yeah. We've discussed this a few times. I still have not done it. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Especially when I was traveling for work, because I love to eat. I love food. It was, like, all I had to, like, keep myself entertained at night, literally. Yeah. So... Switch would have been nice then. Uh, but uh, I would, like, go to, like, nice restaurants. You know, I'd go to, like, nice restaurants and be like, can I have... I would, like, make reservations for one at huh. places where you need to make reservations. Because, like, what else am I going to do? I'm either not going to get to eat or I'm going to have to eat, like, takeout and delivery. Yeah. Or I make a reservation for one. I get waited on. I don't feel sad about myself. So the waiters aren't... I mean... If the waiter looks at me pityingly, great. But, like, if they don't, great also. Because, like, I don't... That's not the point. Like, yeah. I'm paying them to hand me food. I mean, I doubt they like, ever... Like, if they feel... Sorry. What's that? I was just saying, I doubt they ever look down on you. I, I think that's just a me thing. I think most people are in your position. I don't think... I've heard a lot of people say they, like, don't like to go out because of the way they get looked at. They're like, I feel fine about it, but everyone looks at me funny. Is, that, is what, like, everyone says. Yeah. See, I think... I just constantly feel like everybody's looking at me funny, so I I guess it doesn't matter what I do. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I don't know. It's a great experience, and also, like, for a long time, I, like, didn't have, like, a great, like, restaurant buddy or anything like that. Yeah. So what I wish I had been doing is going to restaurants, even locally, like, that I just want to go to and never got the chance to go to and never had an excuse to go to and just be like listen this is what i'm into and i'm gonna do it and it actually took i went out a couple of times with a girl who was like a foodie and then we stopped going out and i was like oh my god like i've been missing out on all this stuff because i was just like <laughs> waiting for someone who wanted to go to restaurants like i should just be going i don't know it's fun it's good i like i like food and being alone is fun too and you should put them together. I mean, I do I love think. I do love both those things a great deal, and uh, you you are an inspiration. So i i will I will do it at some point. If not by the next episode, then by the next few, I'll make it happen. You should definitely tell us about it when it does happen. I'll be I will be excited to hear that update. They talk about a ghost like Weiger's ghost zoo movie idea oh, in this. Right. What do you think? I I mean, listen, I'm not a Hollywood bigwig. What uh, What do you think? 
what's your opinion of Weiger's Ghost Zoo movie? Um, I was, you know, I. It's. Oh, I don't remember much about his his actual premise. I got too, I got too hung up on his following premise, which was Avengers, but dogs. Um, <laughs> That's pretty good. But the Ghost Zoo, I mean. I mean, it's genuinely off-putting. It is terrifying. Um, it's like a bunch of kids. I think it was a bunch of kids get locked up in a zoo, in an abandoned zoo, overnight, and then at night the ghosts of all the dead animals come out. Right. Like if this is which if this is billed as a horror movie, I could I could see yeah. it happening maybe as like a sci-fi original or something. But even, even but, a kids horror, like even like a, Night at the Museum, movie, but a little I scarier. I see, I yeah. I, just, I think it's too much. See, see now, Night at the Museum is equally off-putting in its premise, though. That's true, and they they make it work. Well, they make it work, quote unquote. But I don't know. Uh, but it, yeah, <laughs> I guess with the tone and with the actors and everybody in those movies, it is not as weird in the end. So maybe, but yeah. do you go like weird, cartoony animal ghosts? I think that's what it would have to be. I think it would have to be like Ben Stiller as like a zany zookeeper, zoo night watchman or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the equivalent of that. I don't know who now, like it's been 10 years since Night at the Museum came out. I don't know who now would be that guy. Also, how many animals are are dying in these zoos? I mean, is this like a <laughs> common? I mean, I guess if an animal lives its whole life in a zoo, uh, that's where it's going to pass away, but... Well, yeah, I mean, I, guess, I think, like... I don't want to think about not that. Not to be, like, morbid, but I think animals probably die in the zoo, like, all the time. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of animals in there, right? Yeah, there are a lot. I mean, how do you feel about zoos? Because I... Okay. Please. It It's, it's tough, right? Because they're definitely not good for the animals in them. Compared to being like free, right? Yeah. But on the for, for for many in many cases, but also in some cases, there's animals that are like only only alive in captivity and not in the wild. And then it's like, is that good or is that bad? Like it's good for the preservation of the animal, but it's also like you're keeping that animal captive. But by doing so, you're. I mean, this is like a deep philosophical question. Yeah. When it comes down to it. Like, the short answer for me is, I still go to them, but I feel a little icky about it. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm, I'm right about there. I, I do enjoy going to the zoo, but I do always feel weird and bad at the same time. And Yeah, and yeah it's like a weird thing. They're doing a lot for, you know, a lot of, re- especially like a, good, a real good zoo. Like, there's a lot of research and... And they're working, you know, they're they're working in a positive direction with right. the animals, but they're also keeping animals around so we can go look at them. <laughs> so, I, and, right. and, and and while I'm cool with zoos, for some reason I am like not on board with aqua. I mean, and I get why, but like an aquarium and obviously like a Sea World is even worse. Like that, yeah. I am I feel a lot worse about and would not go to myself. That's interesting. I put I put aquariums and zoos in the same category, but definitely aquarium, definitely like SeaWorld or whatever is a whole other thing. Um, I don't know, man. There, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, and it's something that I like. 
I don't know, like a bunch of my friends went to the zoo like a few months ago. And it was like, whoever suggested it was like, I didn't want to suggest this because I was afraid one of y'all would be like anti-zoo people. <laughs> and I think a few of us responded by saying like, I'm not not anti-zoo, but I'm also like, I'll also come to the zoo with you. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's, I think it's a it's, good group thing it, too. Oh, it totally is. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Although it was like hot. And the zoo in D.C. is like, I don't know, I'm sure all zoos, there's a lot of like walking and stuff. Oh, totally. Um, but also the zoo in D.C., I think I've also been really spoiled with zoos, and I felt really weird when I went to bad zoos. Like, I've been to I've been to the D.C. zoo a lot, and I've been to the San Diego zoo a lot, and the San Diego Safari Park, uh, which is incredible. Other zoos that I've been to, like the Baltimore Zoo or the Philadelphia Zoo, felt a lot sadder because I'm used to, like, the super posh zoos yeah. that have, like, good fake, you know, like displays for the animals or like environments for the animals to live in and then you go to like a zoo with like more cages and bars still going on and that's really disconcerting yeah see that there's a i haven't been there in uh years now um like i if i go to the zoo i go to brook there's two in chicago one's kind of outside of the city brookfield which is real nice uh lincoln park which is in the city i mean it's nice that it's there but it's not great uh, right. There's a zoo in Michigan City, uh, Indiana, just getting towards Michigan, it's, that I went to as a kid, and it was the most miserable experience really? that I've ever had. And it's like just the saddest animals in the worst cages. And maybe it's better now because oh. I probably haven't been there in 20 years. But it yeah. sticks with me now of just like, and, and even, you know, re- re- realizing that as a kid at like 10 years old, like, oh, this is very bad. Yeah, I imagine if your formative zoo is like a rough zoo, then that probably impresses upon you more, like probably a more realistic overall opinion of zoos. Like I've only seen like the absolute best of zoos or I for a long time only saw those, you know what I mean? And also aquariums, like there's a small aquarium in San Diego that I went to a good amount and then the Baltimore Aquarium, which is like really great. So I think I probably got like a... Yeah, I think I got like an upwardly skewed perspective on all of these things. Um, jumping back into the episode, do you, so they talked about food misconceptions, like the the uh, the uh, what's it called? The feedback question was talking about how kids thought pepperoni was made of sauce. Oh right, which made is like sauce. astonishing yeah. to me. Yeah, that's, I've never heard that. And before. then that's and that's when Nick brought up his he thought ice was bread <laughs> which yeah. is just i mean it's perfect for nick it's so it's of course like of course he would have that it's such a weird thing to get confused about <laughs> did you have anything like that growing up that you later realized was a totally absurd misconception you know when i was when i was listening to it and i re-listened to this one today i i had thought about that but i i hadn't thought anything up i could not think of anything did you have something no, not really. I mean, I had such a limited stock of foods yeah, that I true. ate. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. There, were, There is stuff that, like, all, like, I loved tofu growing up, and I think a lot of other kids hated tofu. Like, I think a lot of people hate tofu as a kid and, like, grow up to like it, but I loved it. Yeah, I guess, but, uh, I guess that would actually kind of be one for me, tofu. Yeah. Where I, I mean, for a long time, I really just like, I don't know what this is. I don't want to eat it. 
it, it yeah. wasn't that I didn't that I thought it was something it wasn't. I just was like, this is a this is that weird Cuba stuff that they make taste like food. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's there's a few things where like I got to them young enough that they seem totally normal to me. Like tofu is one of those. I've had tofu since I was a little kid. Um, raw salmon. I had salmon sushi in in like high school when I was like fourteen, and raw salmon is like normal to me like i can totally get through it whereas even like tuna for sushi which i didn't have until i was probably in college is like a little bit disconcerting really i'm surprised and they're then, that, that separated in your mind i can i I've, I've only like this year come around to really liking tuna sushi hmm. um but there's other things that i still can't like like um uh escargot i had for the first time a couple years ago and the texture, I just can't. I just didn't like the texture because it's just a texture I'm not familiar with, and it gave me the willies. And hopefully, like as I get used to the idea of that texture in my mind, I'll get more comfortable with it, and we'll like come to like escargot at some point. But I'm like not there yet. Yeah, I think texture plays a lot into it, and I think also maybe not in your uh, situation, but for me, like the texture combined with like this weird thing that I'm trying for the first time, I feel like almost exaggerates how weird it it comes off. Yeah. Like, for sure. Like when I, when I finally had, I had had, um, foie gras in a few, a couple of forms. Um, yeah. And I mean, I was, I was cool with it, but then my sister once made a, a dessert out of it. And I was like, well, this is kind of weird. I don't know what this is going to be like. And like, and I was eating it, and it had a good taste, but I just couldn't get over, like, the consistency of what I was eating in my mouth. I'm just like... Yeah. Like, but I think that might have just been like, oh, I'm eating a, like, a duck fat that was frozen and and, and has chocolate in it. And I, I, Yeah, I, 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 I ate a... I had a duck fat ice cream dessert at a restaurant in Portland a few years ago, and it was, it was disconcerting to eat. Not texturally for me, um, thankfully, but flavor-wise, because it has that, like... I mean, it tastes like that, that like umami fat, duck fat flavor, yeah. but with ice cream and it was sweet. It was really weird. I had the texture thing recently with liver though. Um, not foie gras, but like beef liver. Oh, totally. I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, so liver is a big thing in Jewish food and I had never eaten it. They actually served it at my high school when I was at a boarding school, like a, a Jewish boarding school. Oh, wow. And it was served like in ice cream scoop scoops on a plate <laughs> i don't think i could eat and that. at least i, I never touched i don't it. think i could have as a child for sure i never touched it i never smelled it usually there were options between that and like egg salad or something so i'd go with the other option um a little while ago a friend of mine made some uh i hope he's not listening but if he is uh i tried it i had never had it before and i tried it in the in he, he made it in like a rice dish and um i just didn't it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, like, like flavor wise and like smell wise. And I just, I had never had liver before and I didn't love the smell of it. And then it just didn't, didn't work for me at all. And it was so dispersed into the rice that there was no textural component. Really. It was dispersed, but the flavor was such that I couldn't, couldn't do with it. I was just like not familiar enough with it. And then two weeks ago I was in Philadelphia, which I want to talk about a little bit more later. And I had a, uh, a, a, like I was at a nice restaurant and I had like a piece of liver that was like I don't know like an eight inch by three inch like slab of liver that had been grilled yeah 
and that was really weird because I did not know that it could come in that form factor. And I think I would have liked it a lot more if not for my recent experience with it where I didn't like it because the smell and, and taste reminded me of that previous experience. <laughs> and the texture was like a little weird and not that like firm. It was not bad and I'm glad I had it and like that may be the bridge to me liking liver more later. But it was so... It was just so related to that like weird textural thing yeah. of like this isn't the thing I'm used to and I know I just in my brain I know it's guts so <laughs> I feel weird having it you know it's just this weird like mush from inside the animal which all meat is weird mush from inside right. the animal <laughs> it, an organ but, an organ feels different because you know that it you know it does things and right stuff passes through it's it diff- <laughs> I mean, I don't. It's different from the idea. Doesn't really bother me. It's just, you know, if you get it into your head, I can, you know, and then you're thinking about texture and all that. It's yeah. Combines. I I don't know. I can gross myself out real quick with meat. (laughs) I just have to think about it for like a quarter of a second. (laughs) Well, sorry for introducing the stuff moves through it to the (laughs) to the equation. (laughs) Oh, I I had already thought about that one. Don't you worry, Rob. What'd you think of this episode? I liked this one a lot. Um, I know they wrapped it up with a snacker whack with the Starburst gummies, which I wound up buying mm. to try because of the episode. Uh, they were all big fan. I'm a big fan. Um, and I, I think I actually think I had those recently. Now that you you just made me remember this, because I like don't really know from Starburst, but I had these a few weeks ago, and they were very, very good. Yeah, they they have the Starburst taste, but they're a chewy gummy, and they're and like they said in the episode, mm. they don't stick in your mouth. Divine. Tastes like all the regular flavors. I got the sour ones too. I didn't like watermelon because I don't like anything watermelon flavored, like fake candy <laughs> watermelon. But yeah, um, but I thought they were both great, and I also thought this episode was great. Uh, awesome guest, good conversations. Uh, I again, I hadn't been to the restaurant, but. They kind of got me interested. I'd love to give it a try. Uh, overall, I think I would have. I would give this one. I think I'd go three and a half forks. Wow. Wow. How about you? Yeah, it was. It was a good episode. I really liked the guest. Um, I really liked the snacker whack and the feedback. Um, the restaurant itself, I couldn't really grab onto like the substance of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was that kind of thing where I loved everything that was going on and like this, the intro and the end were all amazing, but the restaurant itself, I like still don't understand what El Pollo Loco <laughs> is. Um, and that just made it a little hard to follow, but either way, um, great episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'll give it three, three, three bad right. hashtags. Wow. Wow. Do you like wrestling? Well, I sure as hell do. I'm Brendan Creasy, and you can check out me and my friends talking about wrestling on Mr. Brendo's Wrestling Show, found at mbwspod.com or at benviewnetwork.com. If you're into WWE, ECW, Ring of Honor, PWG, other indies, all that stuff, New Japan Pro Wrestling... Or you don't if you don't even know what those are, I can t- I can tell you about them. So go ahead and listen to Mr. Brendo's wrestling show.
Moving on to Guy's American Kitchen with Christine Nangle live episode. How many like how many good things can you cram into one title of a Doughboys episode? <laughs> right. It was uh I love a live episode. Always. I, I feel like the live ones are always some of the best. And Nang Seriously. and Nangle is an all star guest. Nangang. Hashtag Nangang. Hashtag Nangang. I have a Nangang sticker hung up in my apartment. I, I, I might get the shirt. I, I think I need it. I'm tempted. I already have I have four Doughboy shirts, and I feel like I should just <sighs> keep keep the collection going. I'm just like, the Nangang shirt is that thing where I'm like, if I wear this out, this means absolutely nothing to anybody. Yeah. You mean like... I will never run into someone who recognizes my Doughboy's shirt. My Nangang shirt. Yeah. I mean, my... I feel weird with the Spoon Nation shirt. I I, I never wear that one out. Uh, I got my contractual one one time wear of my Fuxton shirt, <laughs> and got my great, got my phone next shot. to the Fonz, which I'll throw up for this episode as well. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, the the regular Doughboys one is the one that gets the most mileage from me. Uh, I don't know if I'd ever wear that uh, Kawaii uh, Yaoi looking one yeah you know i thought about buying that um and then i said i don't even know what this is referenced like i am anime adjacent right i have never ventured into the world of anime and so to wear something that references that to me felt like i don't know what i'm saying by wearing this shirt like i i understand the shirt i love the shirt it's a thing that, like, I don't want to explain this shirt to even one person <laughs> one time. Right. <laughs> if I found myself going to, the only time I thought I would wear it is, like, oh, you know, I'll go to, like, an anime or a comic convention this weekend. Like, right. I'll wear my <laughs> my weird yaoi uh, doughboy shirt. That's the thing. As I could wear it, literally, I'm thinking now, I could wear it to, I'm going to MAGFest in January, which is, like, awesome. a video game convention. And I could wear it there, and maybe that's it. Although I might be going in cosplay to the MAGFest. What? I know. What are you... Um, do, you have, do you have something in mind? So, yeah. So, uh, I, I know you're familiar with the Adventure Zone podcast. Yes. Um, but there may be some of our listeners are, who are, too. And I don't want to spoil it. Um, but there's a certain, a certain rugged character who uh, is in a certain team of seven folks. Um, and if you don't know the podcast, that will be no more or less meaningful than if I said the name of the character. Um, anyway, it's a Barry Blue Jeans cosplay. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, I'm going to get no spoilers. I, I ordered the, what's that? <laughs> I said, I don't think that spoils anything that will only confuse people. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. I got a, uh, I got the patches, uh, the IPRE patch. And then I'm going to get a red, um, bomber jacket and just wear it with like blue jeans and a cotton shirt, which is like canonically what he wears. Yeah. And I already have like a beard and like wh- whatever my hair is, which is like whatever that comes right before a pompadour. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like just hair that goes up some. Um, so it's like a very inexpensive, very basic way to do it. And my girlfriend does Pokemon cosplay and uh, she does an Angus McDonald cosplay. Awesome. So I'm like. If I'm going, like, and I'm going to be, like, around these, like, her and her friends who are, like, in full-on costume, like, I might as well at the very least do, like, the laziest possible right. costume. I mean, it definitely beats in- nothing, for sure. 
And yeah, in clothes that I that I would feel comfortable wearing out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you could you could find yourself at a at a restaurant in the middle of the day wearing that outfit, <laughs> and not right. feel too weird. And people would be like, "Oh, look, it's a man wearing clothes." Like, <laughs> it wouldn't be like, "What's this weird? Right? Who's this weird guy with his anime reference shirt on?" For but example, al- <laughs> but also an incredibly identifiable costume, which is good. Right. I hope I hope it'll work well. We'll see. I still have to like track down some of the components and put the thing on. But I'm also like, do I really want to step into this world of like wearing costumes to functions? You totally do. But I think it'll be fun. I've, I've, I think it'll be a fun thing. I've wanted to do it for years. I could just never get myself motivated. And the closest yeah. the closest I ever get is like, and and it seems like you're kind of falling into this too. Is like having a group or like people that are planning on doing it and saying like, well, we're doing this, this, and this, you know, it gets me a little more interested in like, oh, well, I could, I could probably make something happen. Right. I just, I've never taken that jump. Same as I always want to dress up for the Renaissance fair, but it's like, no, nah, but I don't want to spend $400 on tunics and, and right. that. Well, I went to the Renaissance fair this past weekend and I saw Adventure Zone characters there. Oh, wow. I was like, I saw people in Adventure Zone cosplay there and I was actually wearing like, I could have done this costume at the Renaissance Fair <laughs> by like switching out of my black jacket for a red one. Like I could have totally done it. And it would just be nice to have something. And that costume will last me like a year or two, you know? Like I don't think the Adventure Zone is gonna leave like the nerd zeitgeist quite yet. No, I know? think it's I think it's pretty set in stone. I'm I am actually, you know, and all all props to them, like I'm amazed at how big it got, you know, before the end and, and those characters are gonna yeah. stick around for a while, even if they move on in other stories. I hope so. I'm excited about those characters. I'm also excited about the other stories. Anyway, for our listeners who's, who are confused about what we're talking about, The Adventure Zone is a a uh, role-playing game podcast, so it's basically like a collaborative storytelling podcast hosted by the McElroy brothers and their dad. And um, they just finished like their big first arc, which took, I don't know, what, two and a half years, Rob? Yeah, two and a half years. Something uh, like that. 69 episodes. Nice. Yeah, so by the time this goes uh, up, they will have just released the first episode very, of very their good. new... You should, you should definitely go listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. By the time this goes up, they will have just released the first episode of their new arc. Um, so now's a good time to jump on, if you like it. Um, if you like like nerdy stuff, or comedy, or both, especially if you like both, it's like, don't miss it. Like It's, it's good stuff. Uh, anyway... Jumping into Christine Nangle and Guy's American Kitchen. Yeah, I loved the intro to this episode. The just the like entry music as the as Nick comes on and then he plays the Spoonman music for Mitch to come on. Like <laughs> so like unapologetically, like unironically badass. Yeah, I love to just me. leaning into it, full energy. I can't remember what he's what Nick said right at the beginning, but it, it cracked me up. It was amazing. It was just such a good start, and they're—I mean—they're good performers. Like they're good live performers, for sure. It's like honestly shocking how good they are in the recorded format, knowing how good they are as live performers. Yeah, I mean they—you know—you think def- they've done so much, you know, on stage improv work and sketch work and all that. I mean, yeah. they are certainly excellent performers. You just don't always get that. They're definitely go. I was gonna say you just don't always get that when they're you know just sitting in Mitch's kitchen. They're definitely better at that than they are at this podcast. <laughs> well, that that list is probably very long of things they're better at, <laughs> but I love it anyway. 
So I guess Christine Nengel is from Philadelphia. So as soon as they brought her on, they like pretty quick dove into like Philadelphia talk. Um, which brings me back to a couple of things. Paul of Tompkins is also from Philadelphia. Um, and he talked about uh, the Philly cheesesteak restaurant Ishkabibbles. Yes. Which I ate at oh. last weekend, two weekends ago when I was in Philadelphia. Oh, man. That is awesome. Yeah. That's some good turnarounds. So I happened to be in Philadelphia. And Ishkabibbles still exists and was down the street from, there's like a harbor park in Philly that, that I was going to. So I was like, let me go to Ishkabibbles, get myself some lunch. So here's the thing about Ishkabibbles. It's like a very small restaurant, um, which is kitchen, bar, like three seats at the bar and like three seats on the wall behind it. And that's it. Oh, okay. They have like a takeout window. So I think that's like probably where they do most of their business. Um, it's definitely like a classic Philly cheesesteak restaurant, which is to say they make a classic Philly cheesesteak, um, which is like, I guess a sandwich I still don't like that much. <laughs> uh, I actually got a chicken cheese, a che- chicken and cheese. I don't know what they call it. I guess chicken and cheese, chicken cheesesteak. I don't know. Um, but that's their calling card. Like Ishka Bibbles does the original chicken and cheese. Okay. Um, so I was like, let me get the chicken and cheese. So I got chicken cheese mustard and bread and i'm gonna go ahead and get out in front of the haters on this one and say i definitely fucked up the order (laughs) because that's an incomplete sandwich if you ask me it was like chicken breast it was like chopped chicken breast right so that was just not a great great order so i can't really make a huge judgment about ishka bibbles but i will say the bread was phenomenal the chicken had a great grilled flavor uh the mustard was expertly applied and uh, I would definitely go back with someone who knows how Philly cheesesteaks <laughs> are supposed to work and, like, get a good real sandwich with, like, all the, all the, um, you know, all the fixins right. is the word I was looking for. Yeah, I've, I've never So, anyway, Philly... I took a... Sorry, go ahead. No, I took a picture in front of Ishka Bibbles. Uh, awesome. So I'm going to post that up with the episode, too. Excellent. I've never been to Philly, so I don't think I've ever actually had a real, legit, traditional Philly cheesesteak. I've eaten so many of them at... Hot dog gyro uh, places yeah. and and also Jersey Mike's, but I feel like those are. Do they have cheesesteak at Jersey Mike's? Yeah, they do, but I I just don't know. I think it's like very non traditional because when right. Paul was talking about them, at least the way he described it was not like most of the ones I've had. Where I feel like they they just kind of like mix up peppers and meat and sometimes mushrooms into like a cheese goo. And just slather that yeah. in. Where I feel like when I watch Philly cheesesteaks in Philadelphia being made, it's like you're, they're just like layering things onto the meat. So I don't know. I mean, I love them. I, I've never had one I didn't like. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's an interesting like it's an interesting combination. I don't. I don't know. I mean, the other thing is like cheese. Like steak is by definition like real. Che- not by definition, but steak is usually really chewy for me. So it's hard to have like in a sandwich form factor full of like stringy onions. And like chewy steak, and then like maybe a mushroom. I don't know. It's and then the cheese whiz. I guess the cheese whiz is good because it doesn't like interrupt the aesthetics of the rest of it as far as like chewing through it or whatever. Right. I don't know. I think I just like don't know how to take in a cheese steak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, I, I. I don't know. I, I just I'm, don't know how to eat it. I'm used to just like going at a, a challenging mess food. So I think I yeah I don't know I've had more I've had I mean I love shawarma which is yeah. equally hard to eat 
I think that's a usually better call. I don't know. Too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Shawarma's, shawarma's very good. Yeah. Have they talked about shawarma on uh, on Doughboys? Maybe at Daphne's? Um, you know, I don't. I don't. If they did, it would have been a very long time ago. I, I don't recall any conversations about it. Is Daphne's an individual location or is that a small chain? Daphne's was a chain. That was the Greek place they did a few weeks ago. But oh, they, I don't think they talked about shawarma there. Did I totally forget that they went to... <laughs> it was weird. I only remembered it because I was like... I really noticed it because I I had never really thought about the fact that there aren't Greek chains. Yeah. Other than this place, Daphne's. I don't know. It was a good episode. If you missed that one, you should go listen to it. <laughs> okay, that was... Okay, with Jessica Jean Chardine. Yeah. I don't... I know I listened to it, but I... I don't recall it. It's so weird. I don't. I've never skipped one, like, without trying. It was interesting. I mean, it was a good episode, um, and it was. I mean, I don't think they talked about shawarma, but they did talk about like grape leaves and like falafel and stuff. Um, that's what I get for not being prepared for this podcast, for not <laughs> having to get prepared for the podcast. They just right? they leave my mind. Yeah. Um. What was Christine's drop again? Christine. Oh, right. It was It was Natalie. Yeah, the Now I I wasn't sure if it was I thought it was real, but I think it's real. I wasn't positive because just the because Nick she mentions that Nick's downstairs uh you know, making another heating up his hot salad, another hot salad. Uh <laughs> And he mentions after the fact that they don't have a downstairs. They live on the ground floor. But I don't know if that was just a cover for his awful hot salad habits, which are very real and true. <laughs> definitely real. Definitely true. Tweet at Nick about liking hot salad at Nick Weiger. <laughs> I think Christine sent Natalie a script. Okay, yeah. I... Most likely. That's my theory. I guess just I not know. just not knowing what Natalie sounds like. And, it, and, and yeah. to me, it sounded very similar to to Christine. So I... Did it? Maybe I missed that. Maybe I missed like the obvious joke that it was just Christine doing... I could be, to- uh, just I could be saying, totally Hi, wrong. Just saying, Natalie. Somebody, somebody <laughs> you're correct this, this. And you think it's, it's actually Natalie, hashtag actually Natalie on Twitter. Help us out, Tom. Yeah. And uh, if you think it's Christine, hashtag pristine Christine. <laughs> Is that good? I like it. I don't know. I don't have a better idea. Um, what do you think about Guy's American Kitchen? Are you are you curious to go? Oh, you know, I, I mean, only out of a weird, uh, like only for entertainment or yeah, you know, like whatever you would call like the reason you would go to a any of those kind of restaurants. Like morbid curiosity. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, like I would never go there expecting a good meal, but I just want to see it. I want to experience it. And maybe. Yeah, I just. It's like they were saying though. Like if they say it's not guy enough, like if it's not full on enough, then I don't know if it's even worth it. You know yeah. what I mean? Did they ever mention? I was thinking about this. I don't feel like they ever mentioned donkey sauce. Yeah, was, was, I was just thinking about that too. And I can't remember if donkey sauce was fake, or if donkey sauce maybe has been rotated off the menu because of the big hubbub they got, mm. where everything was crazy and over the top, and maybe they toned things down, or maybe right, you know, I don't know. But it, yeah, it just didn't. That's what I'm wondering. It didn't seem as outrageous as you want it to be. Yeah, it sounded like really disappointing. 
And I wonder if they did tone it down because they've gotten, I mean, they were on at midnight made fun of, I mean, I'm sure they've been made fun of other places for being like really out there. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe they really did tone it down, but also like, that's the, like, that's the point. Right. That's what I want to be there for. I want, and I, I kind of only would want to do it in that Times Square location. Be like, I'm in this, Yeah. I'm in the, I'm in the center of the world right here. This is it. I'm in New York. I'm in this weird zone. Time to go into the weirdest goddamn restaurant I yeah. can find. But I think I'll be taking my business to Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Grill instead. <laughs> I think there's a great episode of Jordan Jesse Go where Jordan Morris, like previous Doughboys guest, went to Guy's Kitchen, Guy's American Kitchen in Times Square and talked about it on Jordan Jesse Go and it was a great episode. Like before Doughboys existed. Yeah. I'll have to go back and look for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's been, and it was featured on At Midnight around then as well, because Jordan had to go f- for his work on At Midnight. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like it maybe used to be a little more out there, and they've like really toned it down to just like a pretty basic, like, just like American food restaurant, which is like a little sad, almost. Yeah. Now he also has, you know, let- he has different restaurants, but I assume they're all roughly the same. They have to be. You have to imagine, right? Like they've probably just changed stuff out per region or whatever for regional differences yeah we're getting less seafood but i wouldn't think they're like yeah yeah i don't know did they do like a feedback or anything on this episode i didn't take notes about those i i took you know i took notes and those notes are on my desk at work unfortunately no um i i don't remember there being a feedback they did a weiger challenge then oh, yeah. and he sang his theme song over <laughs> I don't know what the song was he sang over, but he did an incredible uh parody that of it. That was amazing. And I, I, I just so amazing that he did that in front of the live crowd. Granted, again, they're performers, but man, that took guts. Still, I mean, can you imagine in front of hundreds of people? <laughs> or even like a hundred I mean, any number of people, honestly, it would be hard to do. Yeah. And then na- if I had three people in front of me, and then nailing those falsettos, it really was perfect. <laughs> like it really was very good. It was. And I great wacker challenge, great episode overall. What did you think of this episode, Rob? I I loved it. Um, I know I'm probably forgetting things that happen right now, but I I enjoyed this one end and I love Nangle. I am hashtag oh, Nang Gang yeah. until end of time. Um, hashtag Nang Gang for life. Nanging for life. Uh, so, love the guest. She can come back as often as as they can get her, and I'd be happy. Um, kind of just disappointed a little bit with the restaurant and, and how, yeah. I guess, mundane it wound up being. But overall, I, I still like this one a lot. I think I would, gosh, I'm, I'm stuck between four and four and a half forks. I think I got to go, f- I think I go four forks. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a phenomenal episode. Christina's always amazing. The uh, the energy that Nick and Mitch and Christine brought to the table and with their drops and the production of the show was phenomenal. Uh, the restaurant, it's always a bummer when the restaurant isn't something they love, you know, and when the restaurant kind of like doesn't meet the expectations they have for it. Yeah, it's and and I think we got that. We've had that a few times, but I think they still rolled with it pretty well. Going into they going did. into a lot they of did. they kind of went in depth on a lot of, uh, you know, even though the stuff was mundane, they went into the background of a lot of weird recipes. 
Yeah, oh. and I think that was good. They did a great job at like, at like diving in on the on the critiques they had. Yeah. Also, sorry, I jumped back in during your uh, rating. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I always talk during other people's ratings, and like it's the worst thing. <laughs> like I really shouldn't do it. So, but but also I don't mind. You please weigh in. Um, yeah, it, it was it was interesting. Christine's always great. I also think it may have suffered from like that, um, Podfest audience, like, sort of. They've seen a thousand live shows already that weekend, and yeah. it's like maybe eleven in the morning or whatever. Right. They mentioned like you've got a weird, day. weird half dead audience, um, which like. I don't know. You've been to Podfest, right? I've been to Podfest. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing to go to like a thousand shows, and sometimes you're just like struggling to stay engaged, like and to be a good audience member and to really take in the show in its fullest, you know, degree. Yeah, it can be so, tough, especially you got to think there's people in the room that I keep doing it. I keep jumping back in. <laughs> keep doing it. Keep doing it. What were you saying? Uh, just that you know, there's a lot of like I felt like at a few points in Podfest there would be ninety minute gaps where there wasn't really anything I needed to see so i'm just gonna go watch whatever and see so yeah you, definitely probably a lot of people that maybe are familiar vaguely familiar with the show or not at all listening to these guys go into tangents about the legend of zelda and the rito and goron <laughs> <laughs> so it can it could probably be weird for the, some of those people but yeah the energy bounces back because of that yeah yeah, so I mean, as a result of that, like that stops it from being a perfect episode, along with like the the restaurant not being something they loved, you know. Um, but even so, it was a very good one. I'm also between four and four and a half uh, bad hashtags, but I think I'm gonna go with four bad hashtags. Wow! 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 Handholding club. Wow! Handholding club on that one. Yeah, f- double handholding club. Do we have our own name for that? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I think it's still the handholding club, but I think I think this is in the golden, the golden podcast club or something, the golden disc club or something, golden MP3 club, the golden MP3 club. Uh, I have a question. We're going with if it. Yeah. if our if the other members of our podcast have different opinions and they weigh in on those, will it will it weigh or skew that rating, hmm. or is everything set in stone based on who was there that week? I think we go with Doughboy's rules where everything is always canonical forever. <laughs> so you can change your rating merely by saying, I changed my rating. This is canonical anywhere. Okay. In an email, in a private conversation with friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's well, one of the things I love about like what I'm, what I'm going to call early Doughboys, which is weird to say, <laughs> but like early period Doughboys where like Rockdoberfest and the first Olympics where the rules change on the fly and their their trueness and realness continues to be 100% at any point, even after any change. And I absolutely love that about the Doughboys. Yeah. It is one of their... In, in That weakness is one of their strengths. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think they're embarrassed about it, but I like it. I absolutely adore it. Is there anything else you want to cover on this episode, Rob? Um, I, not that I can think of. Uh, I have, you know, there's there's always the doubles out there. Uh, if you go on their Patreon, I have not listened to the newest one, and I'm struggling to think what the last one was. But those are always a lot of fun. Uh, oh, it was the the last one. That's what I wanted to mention it, and I forgot. The last yeah. double was a Biggie feedback with you song, 
And I just want to say that I love you, Song, and he's the best. Me too. And I love that episode. So go check that out. Phenomenal episode. Go check it out. Donate, donate to the Patreon. Give money to the Doughboys. They deserve it. Well, um, Wally and Irma gotta eat. What else? What's that? Wally and Irma gotta eat. (laughs) That's right. Official mascots of the Doughboys podcast. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, Rob? Um, all I got is, hey, if you uh, if you want to make a drop for the show, uh, that we will play, no matter what. <laughs> Literally any drop. Uh, send it to foboysdrops at gmail.com. And if you have a question for the show, uh, send us an email at foboyspod at gmail.com, and we will get to it. Uh, I'm at Aaron Staley on Twitter. I'm uh, at... You? Sigma lives on Twitter. Uh, oh, you know what? The other ones don't matter. Yeah, some uh, banana phone. Boop boop a doop. Banana phone. Yeah, and uh, Brendan is like brunch brunch or something. Drill. Whatever. It's it doesn't matter. Just follow follow uh, Boys Pod. Yeah, Foboys Pod at Foboys Pod on Twitter. You'll find us from there. Uh, and uh, tell all your Doughboys friends to listen to Foboys. Yes, and. Uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Well, I don't think you can do two of those things. <laughs> uh, subscribe. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Faux Boys this week. Uh, I'm Aaron. And I'm Rob. Happy listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Uh, great app. <laughs> Oh, we really pulled that one off. <laughs> Boy, it's a, it's very different. Great job last week, guys, or two weeks ago. Thank you. Oh, I, I think gonna, we did a great job this time too. Yeah, I was gonna mention Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Oh yeah, um, Andrew, edit this part in. Uh, thanks, Andrew, for uh, editing last week and last week and this week and uh, for for a little while here. Andrew from Benview Network. He's doing a great job. He is great. Also, hey. Uh, Super Mario, uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers Minute, uh, a podcast he does with Emily Schmemily, uh, friend on the internet. Uh, yes, it is. It is really great. They, it is essentially. Really? If you're f- I have to check it out. I haven't checked it out yet. I'm a bad. If you're, if bad you're familiar with uh, Star Wars Minute and how they break down uh, those movies a minute at a time, they're doing that for the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is a classic film. Uh, and they are also watching it every minute for as many minutes as as that minute is. So I think they're in the mid thirties right now, and so they watch that minute thirty times <laughs> before oh discussing God. it. It's a delight. Uh, it is one of my favorite shows. I jump on those episodes as soon as they drop. Wait, did you say they watch the minute thirty times? Yeah, they they watch. Oh my God! So it's got like a watch the, a worst idea of all time thing too. Oh, it, it, I I you know I've never listened to that show. I have no idea. But uh, is that how they do that? They watch it another time every Yeah, time? worst idea of all time. They watch the same movie every week for a year. And after each watch, they record an episode about it. Okay. Well, this is... Yeah. Okay. You, should listen, you should listen to the worst idea of all time. You should also listen to my interview with the hosts of the worst idea of all time, Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery, on the podcast preview, which is my old podcast. I met one of them at PodFest a few years ago, and he was really? so kind and sweet. And I That's forgot awesome. which one it was. <laughs> oh, no. They're both amazing dudes, so it could have been either of them. 
Uh, they're both super nice dudes. Um, all right. Anything else we want to plug? You know what? Oh, I forgot we were not doing the episode anymore. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. That all right, was Andrew, you can, stop, you can stop editing this part in now. <laughs>